0: Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. When you think of spirituality, Do you tend to think of love or law? Do you think of spirituality more as ritual, doing things, going to service, practicing spiritual disciplines, or more of a relationship with God and others? Jesus had a unique way of blending these two realities into one. The day in which he lived, there was a high emphasis on law Many of the religious leaders of his day had come to think of Judaism as a religion of law. In fact, they really started their faith at the wrong place. They started thinking that their faith began with Moses, the lawgiver, when in reality it started in the Garden of Eden, with Adam and Eve walking with God. It began with Abraham, who believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. By the time of Christ, they had so many traditions and rituals. So many people thought of spirituality as law, ritual, services, and sacraments. A law is a rule or principle that when obeyed, yields certain results. When we obey the law of love, positive results occur in our relationships. So we want to talk about the law, the principle The rule of love that, when obeyed, yields certain results. Now, when we look at the law of love in scripture, we learn, first of all, that this law of love is the greatest of all laws. When Jesus was asked by a teacher of the law, what is the greatest commandment? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second is like the first, love your neighbors yourself. So he asked Jesus about a commandment, and Jesus answered with the word love. The question was about law. Jesus completely changed the course of the conversation and chose the word love to define the essence of the law of God. In Jesus' day, the rabbis had already gone through the Old Testament and the Pharisees had added up 613 laws, 365 negative ones and 248 positive ones. They thought of a relationship with God more in terms of law than they did love. So Jesus said love is the single greatest principle for life. Then he added these words in Matthew's gospel when he gave that answer. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Now the law and the prophets is a phrase used in the New Testament to refer to the entire 39 books Of the Old Testament. Sometimes you'll read the law, the Psalms, and the prophets, like after his resurrection in Luke 24, when he met with the disciples. And it said he began with Moses and the law, and the Psalms and the prophets, and explained to them everything in the scripture that had been spoken about him as Messiah. So Jesus said everything you read in the Old Testament hangs on two commandments. In other words, if you don't interpret the scripture through the lens of the law of God, you're going to misinterpret it. It reveals the love of God. It reveals what it means to live in love with one another. All the law is aimed at helping us to love God, experiences love, and to love one another. He also said there are no commandments greater than these. So the Ten Commandments, as great as they are, are under the law of love. There are no commandments, he says, of all these six hundred and thirteen that these rabbis added up. There are no commandments greater than these two commandments. So in all of our spiritual pursuits, what we need to pursue more than anything is experiencing the love of God, learning how to worship God with love, and loving one another. If we get anything right in the Christian life, it ought to be the law of love. If we fail everything else, we need to get this commandment of love to be the greatest governing principle of our lives. Second of all, we find that this law of love is the law of Christ. This is fascinating that Paul the Apostle, who was a rabbi, who was a Pharisee, and he called himself legalistically righteous. He kept so many of the rules and traditions. Yet when he met Jesus, he became such a preacher of the grace of God. Quite a remarkable transformation in his life. And he spoke of the law, the one single principle of Christ, which means the one principle of a Christian is this law of Christ. So in Galatians 6 and 2, he says, Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The story of the Good Samaritan was Jesus explaining this is the greatest commandment, this is the greatest rule, this is the greatest principle. The priest going from Jericho, where the priest lived, 15 miles outside of Jerusalem, on their way to the temple for their service, the priest saw the man. But he continued to go to the temple because it was his scheduled time to be there. The the priest would go to Jerusalem for several months and then come back to Jericho to live. This was his time. He had to be there. He had to be on time. He's a priest. He can't be late for church. He saw the man. But he had to keep his appointment. Because in his mind, that was spirituality. To be in the temple. To be doing his work, which no doubt is important, but not more important than the man in the ditch. And then the Levite who worked with the priests, they were more of the logistical people and the administrators of the temple, he saw the man, but he couldn't stop because the priests were on their way and he had to be there to help the priest. That's important. The service you do in the church is vital to the success of the church, but not at the expense of the man in the ditch. The law of Christ, one law. is what Jesus meant when he talked about a new commandment the night he faced the cross. A new commandment he said, I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. That's the type of love he's talking about, the way that I have loved you. So you must Love one another. By this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another, John 13, 34, and 35. That's the law of Christ. That was his final command. This is my com- a new command. Now, John, the apostle who was there the night that Jesus gave that statement at the Last Supper, he later in his writings, inspired by the Holy Spirit, reflects on what Jesus said, this law of Christ, and he writes in his letter, dear friends, I'm not writing you a new command. But an old one, which you've heard from the beginning, from the beginning of time, this old command is the message you've heard. That message is the gospel of Christ. Yes, he says, I'm writing you a new command, an old command, a new command. What does that mean? It's a new emphasis on an old command. Most people don't know that love your neighbor is in the book of Leviticus. (laughs) Leviticus is a tough book to read. It means pertaining to the priest, pertaining to the Levites. It was basically a handbook for the priests and many of their duties. Right in the middle of it, there is a golden nugget. Luke 19, 18, love your neighbor as yourself. And many people think that Jesus made up the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God. No, that's the great Shema of Israel. Shema means here. And that teacher of the law that came to Jesus and asked, what is the greatest commandment? He wore a little phylactery on his forehead or his wrist. It's a little leather box. Has a scripture rolled up on a tiny scroll. When he went home at night, there was a little box like that by the front door. Had the same scripture in it. He was wearing it on his forehead or he had it on his hand. He saw it every day, but he never knew it was the most important one. It's the only one that Moses said, write this one down. Love the Lord your God with all your heart mind, soul, and strength. So you have the law, just like we have the Bible, but oftentimes we miss the main message. A new emphasis on an old command. Then this law of love is the one law. Of all the laws there are and rules and principles, this is the one. In fact, Paul the apostle says, the entire law of God is summed up in one law. Romans 13, 9, whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. And here he doesn't say love God. He says all the law is summed up in this one rule, love your neighbor as yourself. Why? He explains it in the very next statement, love does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Romans 13:10. Love never hurts anyone. Love never criticizes. Love never gossips. Love never strikes back. Love never gets even. Love never abuses. Love never neglects. Love never fails. Love never betrays. All the law is summed up in this one rule. You say, well, why does he say that instead of love the Lord your God? Because love your, the Lord your God is ethereal. You can't get your hands around it. We haven't seen God. How do you measure love for God? You feel it. We have devotion. We have awe of him. We have reverence. We have gratitude. But how do you measure it? But now love your neighbor. That you can measure. You can help the man in the ditch. Now love is tangible. You could give financially support the gospel and sacrifice. Now there's something tangible. You could withhold that criticism you want to make, but you just repress it and you choose to speak a word of affirmation. Love for your neighbor is the one rule, not love for God. Because anybody can fake that. You can't see that one. How do you know? You can't measure what's in a person's heart, but you can measure what's in somebody's hand. Love your neighbor. This is the one law that sums up all law. And when you love your neighbor, you're actually demonstrating you have love for God. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Galatians 5.14. He repeats it again in another letter. Think about that. The entire law is summed up in a single command, not love the Lord, your God, but love your neighbor as yourself. The law of love is also the Royal law. We don't have royalty in our country, but England still has royalty. And some people are fascinated with the Royal family. They have no power. They don't rule, but they're, They have a lot of fancy things and some people are fascinated with royalty. The Vatican looks royal. There are the nations with kings, princes. Royalty. We think of wealth and power. prominence. when we think of royalty. This law of love is the royal law. James writes, and this was James who was the Half brother Jesus, who came to know the Lord as the Savior after His resurrection, He becomes a leader of the early church, and He writes us that letter of James, one of the first letters, if not the first, written in the New Testament. He also tells us that this royal law of love overcomes favoritism and discrimination. So we sometimes think those are some new things in the world. You know, no they've they've been around since the dawn of time. That's part of our sin nature. We show favoritism. We we do favors for people who can help us. That's favoritism. We neglect the people sometimes who can't help us because we don't get anything from them. We call it politics. We work the relationships. We're nice. But in the back of our minds, we're thinking what we're going to get out of it, hopefully. Favoritism. And we discriminate. Discrimination can be a good thing. We should discriminate good from evil. We should discriminate healthy from unhealthy. But when we discriminate people, now we're not loving our neighbor. If we look down on one person or we separate ourselves from one person, we feel that we're better than someone, now we're discriminating. Now we're violating the law of love. So James calls the law of love the royal law. James 2 verse 8. He says to us, if you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbors yourself, you're doing right. Notice he doesn't say love the Lord your God is the royal law. He says love your neighbor. Why? Because that is the evidence that you love God. It's a royal law because it's given by divine royalty. The king of heaven, he gives us this law of love. The word royal reminds us all of us are a royal priesthood and a part of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is our king. And his kingdom is governed by the law of love. And you and I live in two worlds. We live in this earth and this world. But we are also citizens of heaven. We're citizens of this nation. Some of you may have dual citizenship. But those citizenships are temporary. Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.